Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Welcome back to another episode of Motown and Coney. Back with my main man, Tommy. What up, though? So, sports world has, has, this is one of the perfect times to be a sports fan. College football, full gear, the NFL, we just hit the quarter mark, basically. You got Major League Baseball playoffs going on. You got NHL preseason. I think we're about a week away from actual NHL games. And lo and behold, Jimmy Butler steals the show. (laughs) (laughs) Emu on NBA Media Day. So we got NBA preseason right around the corner, too. Uh, So month of October is always always a great time to be. uh, a diehard sports fan. Um, shoot, since the last time we recorded, and I actually think the last time we recorded, like the next day, Dane Lillard got traded uh, to the Milwaukee Bucks of all teams. Then Boston picks up Drew Holiday a few days later. So, <sighs> who's the favorite in the East now? <laughs> Man, that's that's a lot to take in, too. And it seemed like, you know what's crazy, too? I know a lot of people, uh, Phoenix got a lot of people, too. Of course, a lot of people got moved around. But I really, really like that uh, that Portland Trailblazers team. They're sneaky good and stacked. Like That's a really good team. Um, my favorite in the East, though. I got to go with Boston, man. Like, Boston right now looks really good. Really yeah. good. I actually thought you were going to see those, those damn Milwaukee Bucks and we were going to have an issue. But I, I'm on the, the Boston bandwagon, too. Um, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. Um, I think that you, by going out and getting Drew Holiday, um, you'd – you now have a defensive stopper that you lost when Marcus Smart um, was traded to Memphis earlier in the offseason. So I really like the holiday pickup. Al Horford, I don't know what you'll get from him, but I don't think you need a whole lot. So um, I like what Boston did. I'm not sure about Milwaukee. Uh I want to like them because cousin Dame is over there. Um, they got a they got a first year coach basically, um, so it may it may take some time for it's going to take some time for for Washington to Um But shout out to Brad Stevenson, uh, not wanting to stay complacent. He pretty much told us that Boston roster went as far as he thought they could go. So, let's see what Boston 2.0 does at this point. You know what? You're exactly right about that, Rodney. I was kind of surprised with the Robert Williams III trade. Now, I love Al Horford, but he's really up there in age. Brooke Lopez is up there in age, too, and both of those guys, they they had their injuries. Um, So, I think both of the weaknesses of both of those teams is at center. And when you look at the centers in the East, of course, Embiid's going to feast. and uh, You know, you got a couple other centers out there that can make some noise. But you got to give it to Boston, man. You you got Brown. You got Tatum. You got 
the new additions and I mean they they made a lot of moves too. They got rid of Marcus Smart. You bring in Porzingis. I mean it it you got a lot of going on. You bring in Holiday. They got a lot going on in Boston. I like the team. And then they still got a lot of draft picks and everything too from off of those trades. So Boston sneaky good. It feel like uh it feel like Milwaukee gave away too much. And it feel like they need they're missing a few pieces. I want to see how Middleton works out too cuz he's coming off a major injury. So Yeah. Yeah. I'm right with you on this one, Rodney. Yeah, I don't because after you get past Giannis, um, Middleton has I don't know, he he struggled to stay healthy last season. He kinda looked up shelling himself in the playoffs. So I don't I don't I don't know how much he gives you Dame, while I think he's a plus um offensive player, I don't know how much you get from him on the defensive end. Uh I actually liked Holiday better for them than than Dame. So I'm just I'm gonna take a wait and see approach to to Milwaukee. No, I agree. I agree. They had a lot of injuries. If you look at Milwaukee last year, um, if Adakumpo didn't get hurt going into that playoff series, and he missed like the first three games, they tried to bring him back. And see if he can do something. It just it was too late. Butler was on fire by that time, and it just was too late for him. Um, speaking, of, speaking of Butler being on fire, his hair definitely was on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Butler always the jokester, man. Last year with his haircut, which was bananas, and then this year it's just for media day, and that's the photo that they're gonna use throughout the whole season. So uh, you're never gonna forget about this. Uh, emo haircut that he has going on. So pretty crazy. Dressing as Snoop. <laughs> and then the Pearsons, where the hell the Pearsons come from? Are they even real? That that's what I was wondering. Um I'm I'm excited. Uh, full time basketball. Um our local team of Detroit Pistons hearing what Cade has to say it seems like He's going to try to continue his summer league momentum and bring it into the season. Um, so I'm really excited to see what he does in his, notice it's year three, but really his his second full healthy season, hopefully. You know what? I'm, you know, I'm excited about it too. But it's a lot of different I was just thinking about this season, Rodney, just in general. Now, I'm really – it's teams out here that that are injury-prone. Then you see that the, the NBA just passed that rule. I'm just – I'm nervous about a lot of teams this season, Rodney. I'm used to Anthony Davis and LeBron James sitting out the majority of the games just resting because, of course, LeBron is old. LeBron did say that uh, AD is the – the face of the team, but it's clearly LeBron. AD can't even stay healthy for damn near half the season. Yeah, and then he's also his goal this year was to play all eighty-two games. So we'll see. Yeah, that's not going to happen. And then the same thing too with Kawhi Leonard. Um, I mean, it, it this season is really tricky, and it, you do got a young team in the Pistons, but at the same time, they try to do the same thing too. You have to rest. You have to rest, K. 
you have to rest Dame. You got to rest Adekumpo because the season is so long. Now they got these playing tournaments, and they're trying to keep everybody engaged and playing in the games, 82 games, and that's just impossible. It's impossible. And then do a full playoff run. Um, it's just impossible to do unless you're really not going against nobody that's like a, a legit center like uh, the Joker did a couple years ago when he played the whole 82 games. It's just really impossible. And I don't know how the NBA is going to govern that and see, you know, oversee this and see how the certain players are sitting out. And, and if they are sitting out, if it's like a legit injury, I'm I'm really interested to see how this is going to go. Yeah. Um, uh, it's, 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 I'm just excited to, to get NBA basketball back. Um, WNBA playoffs, you got the two super teams going at it for the, for the – the chip and the Las Vegas Aces and New York Liberty. Um, I'm a WNBA supporter or fan. There is not a better matchup you could ask for to um, have as your championship series. So um, that kicks off Sunday. Don't know. I have to look at the time because whoever the scheduling guys are for the WNBA couldn't have picked probably a worse day because not only do you have NFL football, um, just a lot going on that Sunday. And, but I think all eyes this coming weekend will be on the Dallas Cowboys versus the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, I, I thought that was a – I mean – I don't know where the hell they could have went with it though, Rodney. Like it's really tough. You can't do you can't do uh, Thursday for Thursday night football. You can't do Friday because they've been getting their asses kicked in ratings. You can't do Saturday because of the NCAA. You can't do Sunday because the NFL. Monday night football always takes the cake too, especially with them having two games scheduled on Mondays um, for the past couple of weeks. Oh, bless yeah. you, brother. And then I, the only thing I can think of was Tuesday. If they could have snuck in and then started on Tuesday, Tuesday usually like pretty dead. You don't get no games going on on Tuesday. That would have been perfect for them. Um, that's I, I still think they should probably aim for that. But Sunday it is what it is. If they play Sunday, um, then of course they will. The second game, game two, will be Tuesday. Hopefully they can put on the show for that first game, and then people will come and tune in for the second game and say, hey, these girls are showing out, and we can see how it goes from there. But, yeah, they got it tough, man, especially with baseball. And I think baseball have games lined up on Tuesday too, so it's really tough for them. Yeah, it's, I'm like, I'm looking forward to it, though. I'll, I'll sneak them in before um, I turn my attention to uh, probably the best Sunday night matchup we've seen in a while. Um, you probably have the, if not the two best teams in the NFC going at it, um, two of the top three or two of the top four, depending on where you put the Philly and Detroit at at this point. Um, you got Christian McCaffrey coming off a fourth touchdown performance. You got the... Dallas Cowboys, who defense minus one game has really dominated the season. Um, they made the New England Patriots look like the New England Patriots of the 1980s, basically. And 
I think if you're Bill Belichick, he might be walking to the exit at the end of this season. You know what? Bill Belichick had an amazing run. He has to change some things up. Uh, he has to really change some things up, and he has to. I don't know how. I don't know how long he can go with Mac Jones just getting clobbered. That Dallas, they made that Dallas defense look really good too. It seems like every Jones this week had it hard between him and Daniel Jones. Daniel, Daniel Jones got sacked eleven. Not remember his name. <laughs> he got sacked eleven times, Rodney. Yeah, Daniel I Jones did. was. There were plays where I don't even know why the Giants had an offensive line up there because it was like as soon as they snapped the ball, there were numerous defenders just in the backfield for Seattle. Like, and then you know I don't know, I, I'm you know usually I'm a huge I'm a huge ESPN fan. You know I love ESPN, Rodney. We both love ESPN, and I, you know I, I love the commentators. They got rid of a lot of people that I really like, but I still tune in. I, I'm a huge ESPN fan. But they gotta be drinking something funny in the morning. They gotta get they gotta get rid of that whiskey in the morning, uh, whatever they drinking with, with their coffees, because that is ridiculous. Every time I see them blast Zach Wilson and Daniel Jones, all they do is talk about New York anyway, New York football, New York Knicks, New York everything. And you know we we kind of used to it. We understand that that's where they're broadcasting live from. That's where people want to talk about. It's the largest city. Okay, it is what it is. But. Both of those teams have the worst offensive lines that I can even – the worst, Rodney, the worst. Wilson's running for his life. Jones is running for his life. The two worst yeah. offensive lines, they can't create holes. Saquon Barkley, because of his strength, he's able to blast through and, and, and break tackles. But those guys don't do anything. They don't do anything for Daniel Jones and uh, Saquon Barkley. Also, for Wilson, for the Jets, uh, you got – Imagine imagine having Dalvin Cook and I, I forgot the other guy's name. I'm having a brain fart. They but imagine a, got, the other running back. Um, what is it? Priest Holmes and um they really got three. I forgot the other guys, the other running back. That's really good too. Hall, is it Hall? Yeah. Yeah, imagine having those guys on the Lions. They're they they are scoring numerous touchdowns. Those guys are we got David Montgomery balling right now. Did you see, like, the holes they were creating for him? Yeah, yeah. We can run through those, Rodney. I mean, people in wheelchairs, walkers, canes can freaking walk through those. Those holes were huge. They're not creating those holes, and that blocking is not holding up. I really appreciate the Lions right now because I remember when we had Stafford back there and Stafford would get clobbered, and he was scared. He was just throwing the ball early. I'm like, damn, that's how Daniel Jones feels. That's how Zach Wilson feels. Aaron Rodgers got Aaron Rodgers got injured because the offensive lineman wasn't blocking at all, and he was just blowing flowers. Were just blew straight past him. I mean, you, what what can you do? Like I feel bad for those guys. Daniel Jones is going to get hurt before the end of this season because his blind side does not even exist. Yeah, no. Nah, it's funny because they criticize Zach Wilson. I actually minus his. Uh, fumble on a snap that gave Kansas City their ball back, basically. I actually thought everything considered he played probably his best game of the season. Yeah, he. you know what he did? He did his best work while he was on the run. Um, 
I can tell from him getting hit so many times, he was kind of jittery, and he was kind of throwing the ball kind of early on most of those throws. He was expecting to get hit on some of those, so he was just kind of releasing the ball a little early, throwing the ball kind of high. Um, and I, I think that was the cause for the turnover, like towards the end, because he had been getting punished the whole time. So, you know, how can you expect a guy that's been getting nailed the whole game to just still stand up like that? And he was taking some hard, crushing hits too, man. So mm-hmm. shout out to Daniel Jones for keeping his head up and standing in the game because like I would affect the injury. <laughs> man, what? Somebody send that guy something. And how can and how can anybody say I'm watching ESPN? They're like, man, Daniel Jones isn't worth the money. I understand he's not worth the money. I, I believe that they paid him too much. Um, New York isn't set up for a quarterback that can stay in the pocket. You can put Jesus back there for the Giants, and he's going to probably get sacked eleven times too because that offensive line is not protecting anybody. And it's, it's just bad. It's really bad, Ronnie. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's it's tough to watch. Um, yeah, the, the the New York media. I do feel like they buried Daniel Jones and and Zach Wilson. Hell, I don't care if Peyton Manning in his prime was back there, Tom Brady was back there in their prime. They're not getting the ball with them terrible offensive lines. Exactly, and they're talking about go get uh, Kirk Cousins and. Maybe you can bring Fields and so. Kirk Cousins is getting his ass beat in Minnesota. So yeah, like yeah, he's going to be even worse. And I'm quite sure he's watching TV and he sees that and watching film too. Those lines are not holding up for the Jets and the Giants. I feel bad if they do try to bring in somebody and get a trade because that person's going to just get injured too. Because it's no protection up front. It's no protection at all. Okay, so I have to apologize to to Coach Prime and uh, Colorado Buffalo because if you would have told me um, they would go down big to USC and come back and make it a game where they actually had a chance to win, and I actually do agree with Dion, if they would have had the ball at the end, I think they either tie the game or, or, or they win. So... Um, I didn't think they had a chance. USC offense is really good, but their defense is just really, really bad too. So, yeah, yeah, they were kind of overmatched in that one. It felt like USC kind of they did kind of the same thing that the Lions did when you watch the Lions play against uh, Green Bay. They went to like a, a prevent defense. And then they they made a couple of sloppy turnovers, a couple of stupid passes, trying to be flashy. When all you had to do was just keep handing the ball off. You see how the Lions did? They just kept handing the ball off. I think uh, USC finally realized at the end, just hand the ball off and just keep eating clock. Because throwing stupid passes, throwing into double coverage, triple coverage, like, what are you trying to prove? You're already beating the hell out of these guys. And now... It, all of a sudden, they started chipping away, and it, it looked like it was something going to happen, but it just was too much to overcome. Um, I love Coach Prime and all, but they're overachieving already anyway. And Prime has said it too. Give us give us next year. Give us a couple years. We'll be fine. We'll be back. But, yeah, they, they were already overmatched. They only won one game last year, one or two games, something like that. Um, 
Yeah, just just bear with him. He's doing a good job. I think he's doing a good job coaching those young guys. He brought in a bunch of uh, new recruits. And, uh, you know, just just give Prime some time. He's going to be all right. Colorado is going to be all right, too. So, Rodney. Yep. Okay. I got a good one for you. Okay. So, the Lions, right? Okay. They haven't won a division in the longest, uh, in the longest time. What is it? Ninety? Was it ninety-one? I believe it was ninety-one. The last time they won a division. That's also the last time they won ten games. Rodney was nineteen ninety-one. That is insane. What are the Lions' odds this year? We I see something brewing. What do you think the Lions' odds? I look at the schedule now. I'm looking past the division. I think we're going to win a division hands down. They but, have a very favorable schedule, um, all things considered. I think at the beginning of the year, I had them with 11 and, and 6. I'm, you know, I like that. I'm actually seeing better now. Yeah, I'm going to say... 13 and what is that? Four. That's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at 13 and four. I mean, if they can even possibly get 14 wins, that'll be incredible. The schedule is really favorable. A lot of teams are not that good. Um, if they can get a bye week and then get a home field advantage, because Ford Field is always rocking. Um, I don't see no team that's actually not beatable. Like I I don't fear Dallas. I don't fear the San Francisco 49ers. I you know, I it's just a lot of teams I just really don't fear. Even if I look on the other side too and I'm looking at uh Buffalo, I'm looking at Miami, guys that are contenders in the AFC, I don't fear them either. It just they're, feels like this Lions team is special. And if they do look they they're playing with house money. If they do get make it this far, we weren't expecting them to make it this far anyway. So yeah, if they happen to make it this far, it is what it is. They're one team I slightly fear. They're not in the NFC, though. Uh-oh. What team is that? Miami. I know they didn't have the, the, the best game last week at Buffalo. But I worry about that 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 the matchup between Miami's offense and the Detroit defense. I think that'll be an interesting game of, of cat and mouse. So, see, this is the thing that got me right. I think Buffalo's defense is similar to the Lions' defense. Like, if you look at the whole way that it's set up, the um, the stars, the edge players. It's set up kind of the same, right? <laughs> so, oh, bless yeah. you, brother. Yeah, it's set up. It's set up basically the same. So, they went against a team in Buffalo that has a little decent defense because Buffalo got their butts kicked too. Um, you know, offense is going to show up just like the Lions. The Lions can, the Lions can control the clock. That's one thing that that Denver couldn't do. When we look at that that game against Denver, Denver's terrible. Denver's supposed to lost against freaking Chicago, and Chicago's terrible. They won that game by the grace of God. But 
that's like a bad game to kind of, you know, look at it and say, hey, hey, this is the game that that showcases the talent because that that's just bad. It feels like at this point, um, if Denver goes against uh, Dallas, if Denver goes against the Lions, if Denver goes against the Forty Niners, um, if Denver goes against the Chargers, I think they're gonna put up like 40, 50 points on them. Like that's that's bad. That's bad. <laughs> I, I could see that. Chicago put up a lot of points on them, and Chicago's terrible. They're, they're awful. So I, they got to figure something out in Denver, man. I don't know, man. That, that's just a bad um, team right now. So you brought up Denver. First coach to get fired this year. Hmm. Oh, that's tough right there. I, I got a I got a good one. First coach to get fired this year. I'll give you my gonna, choice. Uh-huh. Jo- Josh McDaniels. You think Josh McDaniels is gonna get fired first? It's either him or Matt Eberfew in, in Chicago. That's what I was gonna go with. I was gonna go with the coach of Chicago Bears. You can't fire Sean Payton on his first uh, year coming there. But uh, if they would have went 0-16, yeah, they would have fired his ass. I mean, 0-17, they would have fired his ass. Matter of fact, if they go 1-16, you think they don't fire Sean Payton? No, I think they got too much money and draft capital tied up in between him and Russell Wilson. Although I do feel like Russell Wilson, this is his last season. Uh, and I've said this before, I don't think he makes it through the whole um, season as the starting quarterback. Yeah, I don't see it either. And their running back situation just got murky too. So with their running back uh, getting hurt, with Green getting hurt, so it's kind of it's tough. Now you enter uh, McLaughlin, who actually was pretty good. He did really good. Um Ran for a touchdown, helped him out. I think he had like 92 yards, which is pretty cool too. Um, it's just, uh, I don't know, that that Denver team, man, it just feel like they're missing something. The line isn't great. The the wide receivers are kind of overrated. I was expecting Sutton to do stuff and, and some of those other guys. They're just really bad. They're not really that good. The yeah. rest of the stuff's slow. Yeah, it'll be. Yeah, I'm still Josh McDaniels. Uh, he, I think he's gone. Eberfuel is gone. I think Bill Belichick and um, Robert Kraft come to some type of um, lifetime position for Bill Belichick with the Patriots, but I don't feel like he'll be coaching beyond this season. Um, I'm trying to think, any other coaches? That's, um. Like, other than that, no, I I think, I, you know what? If if you know, I, I wouldn't even say Matt Lafleur because I was gonna say he'd probably be out of there too. Um, Green Bay is obviously the the second best team in our division, um, just solely based off the defense alone. Uh, offense is okay, but yeah, if they if they don't win right. more than. If they don't win more than five games, Rodney, they're going to fire his ass. Yeah, and shoot, they're already embarrassed because Ryan fan turned Lambeau Field into Ford Field, so. 
<laughs> that is true. Speaking of speaking of that, Rodney, how about them Lions, man, the way they travel around? I never seen a team travel around so well and make the other state the the visitor stadium look like home stadium. That's incredible. Yeah, I'm so did you see what happened with the Tampa Bay game? Yeah, I seen it got pushed back. Yeah, it got flexed out to the four thirty kick basically. Uh which kinda because you go from being able to fly in to, and basically fly out to you. Right, now I gotta stay two days when I go, huh? Mm-hmm. So that that's gonna yeah, that's gonna be wild. But yeah, it's a wild story about that. So I'm going to go to the game. There's no secret about that. I think I told you guys about that. So I'm going to go to the game. I'm going to I'm gonna go to this game, too, this weekend. So I'm going to go to the Carolina Lions at Carolina Panthers, and then you're going to see me next at the Tampa Bay game. So wish me luck because I'm going to be going by myself to the Tampa Bay game, and hopefully the fans don't beat my ass. Cause I'm gonna be cheering like crazy for my lines. <laughs> Tampa Bay fans are um they're decent. I'm still debating if I'm gonna go to the Baltimore game. Oh now that'll be a good game to go to. Yeah. And those Baltimore fans can be something else too. But I just literally seen like some Commanders fans beat the shit out of these Baltimore fans. Jesus. Commanders fans can be raunchy too. They're in that shithole of a stadium, fucking flooding, leaking. It rains. It's just shit water. It just it's all bad at that stadium. They need a new stadium. I hate yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, and it's AMT Stadium in Baltimore. It's beautiful. So if you're in the DC area and want to see a Better world class stadium. Come up to Baltimore and don't go to a shithole FedEx Field. Yeah, FedEx Field is a legit shithole. Um, I never can forget the experience there. You can't see the game and some of the th- and then the TVs. It, oh, it just it's bad. If you've been there before, you understand it's really a bad shitty stadium. It's like one of the worst stadiums I ever seen in my life. Horrible. Deplorable. <laughs> Um, so you, you ready to get into our nineteen ninety five topic of conversation? Okay, so uh, hold on, right? Let let me start it off. Okay, guys. So look, I was thinking what was like one of the most pivotal years um, in my life and what I experienced, and I thought about things that really changed a lot of our lives and molded a, a lot of the young people's lives. And the year was 1995 because so much happened in 95 that really changed a lot of people's lives and the way that we view the world and the way things just, the music, the the style, the fashion, the the ongoing things, the it just was a lot. So I figured me and Rodney, I asked Rodney, did he want to revisit and go down memory lane? So um, me and Rodney are going to go down memory lane and tell you guys how we feel about 1995 and how it inspired us. Okay, um, so it's funny because when you suggested like top five movies and then um, what did we say, top ten songs, 
I didn't realize so many movies um, came out in 1995. I know, right? That's what I said, man. Like movies, movies, albums, singles. So I'm just I'm just gonna give you some of the the movies that came out in '95: Batman Forever, Apollo 13, Toy Story, um, Pocahontas, Ace Ventura, Cat for Die Hard with a Vincent, Christmas High, <laughs> Golden Eye, Waterworld, Dangerous Mind, Se- Seven, Congo, While You Were Sleeping, Get Shorty, Dumb and Dumber. Outbreak, Braveheart, Bad Boys, Species, Clueless, The Net, Jumanji, The Brady Bunch Movie, Father the Bride Part 2, Pulp Fiction, Man of the House, Nobody Fool, <laughs> Casino, um, and Money Train. Waiting to Exhale came out in 1995, technically it was the end of 1995, December. Um, Heat. So, just Forrest Gump. (coughs) So, I don't know if you want to start with movies or or music, because... Music is also um, crazy when I when I look at some of the songs that came out in nineteen ninety five. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we can we can definitely do that, Rodney. We can definitely dive into uh, to music first. Of course, music is like our favorite, um, and then a lot of the songs was tied into uh, movies too. Because I, I mean, I think I was like the me. I, I grew up on the uh, soundtracks, man. I. So <laughs> I was a soundtrack guy. I was always playing the soundtracks from the movies. Like a lot of those songs inspired me. But yeah, let's start yeah, off so, with uh with music. Okay, so and just to give you an idea of of some of the the music, uh, Mariah Carey, Fantasy, Montel Jordan, that's how we do it. Whitney Houston, XL, Michael Jackson, You Are Not Alone. Uh, Mariah Carey and Voice of Man, One Sweet Day, B.I.G., One More Chance, Coolio, Gangster Paradise, Shaggy, uh-huh. Monica, Don't Take It Personal, So For Real, Candy Rain, Method Man, I'll Be There For You, Adina Howard, Freak Like Me, Brandy, mm-hmm. Baby, R. Kelly, Remind Me Of Something, Voice of Man, On Bending Knee, T.O.C., Waterfall, Michael Jackson, Scream, Escape, Whom Can I Run To, Hello Cool J, Hey Lover. Man, and the list goes on and on. Yeah. One of Jenny my favorites. Runaway, Jodeci, Freaking You, Tupac, Dear Mama, Big Papa. Ain't that crazy? You hear all them hits that Rodney railing off right now? That's 1995, ladies and gentlemen. That's one of my favorite years. The Angelo Brown Sugar. Dr. Drake keeps their hair ringing. Anita Baker, I apologize. 
And you know what's crazy, Rodney? You railing off a bunch of uh, a bunch of R and B and hip hop songs. I mean, you had one of my favorite songs was Blues Traveler, uh, Run Around, which is, I mean, was just a harmonica masterpiece right there. I haven't heard a harmonica like that since uh, since Stevie Wonder. I mean that. You had like a bunch of awesome one hit wonders. Um, the lyrical gangster, uh, Looney's Five on it. I mm. mean, it, you had so many. It's the first of the month. Bone Thugs and Harmony. She all nineteen ninety five. I want to say he was out. That was nineteen ninety five. I wish I yeah. was a little bit taller. That was nineteen ninety five. That was ninety five too. I knew because that that was like my one of my theme songs. I was like, whoa, man, I can't wait till I get older. Like when I used to listen to that song, I was like, man, I can't wait till I, I get older and I want to be just like those guys riding around the nice cars and you know you we would go to Bell Isle. You'd be like, man, you remember saying bingo when somebody ride past in a nice car? You know, <laughs> yeah, just man, ninety five was was straight up legit, and that was like one hell of a year too. And the TV shows was awesome, the movies was awesome. Friday came on 95, Rodney. Yeah. Dead Presidents. Uh, Dangerous Minds. I mean, it's just a lot of great movies, man. A lot of great movies. Um, one of my favorite memories from 1995. Um, I was actually... Uh, I was actually in sixth grade in 1995, so... Um, I was nervous about going to sixth grade. I thought I'd get my ass kicked. I was going to like one of the toughest middle schools and it had a bad reputation because you had people come from all different, uh, areas. And, uh, I just was nervous about it, but man, it was a breeze, man. I had a good time. I met a lot of good people, a lot of good connections. Um, one of the best times of my life, man. I had a good time, man. I went to, uh, I attended Burroughs Middle School. The teachers were awesome. Um, i say it's like one of my, my highlights of uh, my life, man, is it, growing as a man and, and getting a better understanding of life, especially when you, you're making that transition from elementary school to, to middle school. A little bit of freedom. Okay, so you want to do top 10 songs, you want to do five, and get five next week and do our top five movies or okay yeah let's do that let's do that for sure uh top five songs okay so top five songs from 1995 okay i'll I'll, my number five uh and i i did songs that i still listen to today I'm going with Raekwon, Verbal Intercourse, with one of the best Nas verses ever. So, Verbal Intercourse. Ooh, yeah. Now, that was that was nice. That was nice. I like that. Um, I'm going to go with... Because there's a lot of good songs. Uh, I'm going to go with... The first of the month, Bone Thugs and Harmony. 
I just remember when that that came out, man. That song was such a hit, and they played it all the time on FM ninety eight WJLB. It felt like it just like we was from Cleveland, and it was a Midwest thing too. Yeah, um, yeah. You knew when people got they uh, they food stamps because we used to have food stamps back then. So your mama get them food stamps that stack of little uh, papers with the different uh, colors in there, food stamps, and it was like first of the month, you know. <laughs> so it it just yeah that song stood out to me. So Bone Thugs first of the month. Okay, so at four, God rest his soul. This this is one of those um, songs straight off a of movie soundtrack that you were talking about. Uh, perfect for the movie, um, Coolio Gangster Paradise. Oh man, yeah, that's that is perfect. That's perfect right there. I got that song actually like a little bit further down on my list. Um, the song that I chose, and that's damn, that's a damn good song too, right? The song that I chose um, next, um, it was like a little hit. Um, of course, everybody was crazy about the song, but the Loonies, man, they dropped I Got Five on it. And the remix, man, the remix had Digital Underground on there, but people didn't realize that too, and it was pretty dope too. So, um, And I was a huge Digital Underground fan too. So, yeah, I, I'm going to roll with the Loonies. I Got Five on it. Okay, so this was your number five. It's my number three. Um, Bone Thugs, first of the month. Um, like you said, that was like an anthem here. Like you couldn't, you couldn't turn a corner without hearing somebody playing it, hearing it on the radio. So, uh, Bone Thugs, first of the month, most definitely. Yeah, that man, that bone thugs first in the month. Man, yeah, you're right. That was like the anthem. That was the that was the Michigan anthem. We took Ohio uh anthem and made it ours. That was for ninety-five, that was definitely the anthem for sure. Um for my number three, I'm gonna go with one of the most expensive videos that like broke the internet. Um uh, broke the dial up internet back in the day. <laughs> um <laughs> It was the Scream video with Michael Jackson and Janet Jackson, man. I've never seen nothing like nothing like that. Like, that was crazy to me, man. It, and if, if you remember back then, um, at that time in the early 80s, in the late 80s, early 80s, late 80s, uh, even in the uh, early 90s, when Michael Jackson dropped the video, it came on Fox, and it was like a premiere, and it was just crazy. And... He dropped that video, that screen video, and it was just nuts, man. After uh, Martin and, and Living Color and all those other shows that go off, then they would usually drop, like, the, the Michael Jackson video, and they dropped that screen video. Man, that was just crazy, man. Him and Janet Jackson was showing out. It showed Michael Jackson in a different light, a different personality. He was more ballsy and brass. It was like, yo, this is crazy. Yeah, I'm going with Scream, bro. Yeah, love it. Love that song. Unfortunately, did not make my list. At two, I got it's Friday night. Montel Jordan, this is how we do it. Oh yeah, that's dope. Yeah, no, I I love that too. And that was another anthem too. I got that on my list. On my dang, I got that like further in my top ten list because I, I that song is still like today a staple. To whatever party, family reunion, everything, they're going to play This Is How We Do It. So I, <laughs> I got that on my next list, man. Um, 
the next song that I got, I know it's it's gonna be falling off the beaten path, but um, I'm a huge blues traveler fan, man, and and uh, yeah, I just the runaround, man. I, I thought that that was like one of the one of my favorite songs, man. Like I I still listen to that song too, and the harmonica solo when it first comes on, and just the raspy voice. Like I, I thought that was pretty dope, man. I, I'm a row of blues traveler. Okay, so my number one is Method Man, Mary J. Blige, You're All I Need. I like that. I love that. And that's going to be on my other list. I thought that that's going to crack my uh, my top five. So I got three years that's going to crack my uh, top five. Um. For this next one, I went with the remix to uh, when Brandy first came on the scene, man. And I was always a huge, huge uh, Boys to Men uh, fan. But when she came out with the Broken Hearted remix, man, I was like, yo, this song is crazy, man. And Brandy was like, hotter than fish grease, man. So when she came out with the Broken Hearted remix, I thought that song was so dope, man. I I just and I still listen to that song to this day, and I you know I I'm growing up going through my little thing, have my little puppy love man. So you know whenever I you know songs that come on the radio twenty four seven three sixty five, and I, you know you think about that girl that you was kicking it with, going to the kitty disco to the little dances and stuff. You know those songs that come on. So yeah, broken hearted for sure. Okay, so you want to deep dive into. The the movies. Oh yeah, let's let's go. We can deep dive into the movies for sure. I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay, so I know my number one movie is probably wouldn't make most people's list, but um I did my one through five on movies that I still watch today, watch them often. Uh Shoot, there's a bunch of movies that came out in 1995. I know line for line for some reason. So, <laughs> Okay, so I'll kick it off with... I know the first Die Hard is iconic, but I've always been a fan of Die Hard with a Vengeance. The third one in the series, I think, is actually after the first one, the next best, best one. Uh, Bruce Willis. Samuel L. Jackson on the same screen uh, is awesome. I can't, um, the chick from Rocky, I can't, Rocky Forrest, and I can't even think of her name right now. Uh, I, I just, I just love um, that Die Hard. So, man, that, man, that's on my list too. I got it. I don't, this not in no order, is it? No, well, my my last one is in an award. Yo, so I, I would I would think that we on the same wavelength too. Die Hard with Avengers is my favorite Die Hard movie. When he makes him walk through that walk through that neighborhood with that sign on the same, that movie is an adrenaline rush from start to finish, sir. That is like one of the best Die Hard movies ever. That is one of the best movies, buddy movies ever, in my opinion. Um, 
the only thing that can rival that for like best report buddy movies. I mean, it's a lot of good buddy movies, but I, I'm a, I'm a huge Bruce Willis fan, so I thought The Last Boy Scout was really good too. Um, but yeah, it's hard to top Bruce Willis and Samuel L. Man, that's that that is that that's up there. That's like legit. So that's in my top five too. So this is no I did, no order either. I'm I'm rolling with that also. Um, it's back on you, Rodney. I'm rolling with that too. That's that's one of my picks, man. I love that damn movie to death. I'm gonna watch that after we get through. Um, <laughs> bad boys. We got introduced to to Mike Larry and Marcus Burnett. Um, that first bad bad boy movie. Uh. You had an an Sydney star in Martin Lawrence. You had a comedy genius and and uh both of them actually, Martin Lawrence and Will Smith back then. So, um and Bad Boys. Um, I know Will Smith had did like six degrees of separation before Bad Boys, but Bad Boys is really uh the movie that that started to put him on the map as a um movie star. So uh, bad boys, the first one, and it's not in any order. Me and you rocking with the same movies, Rodney. Definitely bad boys. Don't be alarmed with Negroes. The the lines off of those movies, like you said, I can remember most of the lines because they were epic lines. You got two of the biggest stars from NBC and Fox together on one movie, kicking ass and talking so much shit. Bad Boys is an iconic, epic movie. Like, how can... That's like top... That's like 1995 Creme de la Creme. Like, it's, it's, up, it's definitely, like, top five for sure. It should be in everybody's top five. It's so many great movies, though. But Bad Boys is right... It's, it's in there. I, I don't know how... I got a couple other movies. I don't know if we're going to be on the same wavelength. But if I'm looking at movies that I've seen back then, and Bad Boys is right there. Bad Boys is like right there. What's your What's your name? Uh, that's on mine too, Rodney. I'm I'm rolling with you on that one. Okay, so we got so that hard and Bad Boys gave us a lot of like iconic scenes. Uh, whether it's um, the word of the day is J O B, or every <laughs> time I'm in the kitchen, you in the kitchen, or this house ain't never got two things that match. <laughs> Don't get knocked out like your daddy used to. Yeah. I got mind control over Debo. When he around, I'll be quiet. When he leave, I'll be talking again. Or you got knocked the fuck out. Mm -hmm. I I still, I don't kill. (laughs) Smokey over here taking a shit. Like just, (laughs) hey, Miss Parker. It just, it's so, it's so many lines in that movie. This ain't I enough. got Friday as my number one that. though, Rodney. Huh? I got Friday as my number one. I don't have Friday as my number one. For 95, I swear I, I watched that movie. I think me and my brother Chris watched that movie. We had that movie on VHS. I think we watched that movie like fucking every day when we came home. At least we had it on repeat and knew every line. Yeah, there there are actually two movies on my list that I probably watch more than Friday. That's why I said I, I know one is going to surprise you. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I think I'm going to be surprised by this one. 
Now, as I got older, as I got older, I, I actually, as I got older, I started liking a lot more of the other movies. Um, Friday's on my list as number one, but as I got older, I was like, man, Heat is fucking, like, amazing. Yeah, so Casino. Heat, is, yeah, heat you know? two on my list, actually. Yeah, I was like, yo, that shit's crazy. But, like, you know, and then, like I said, I fell in love with Casino, but... And he I mean, gave us the best, to this day, shootout scene I have ever seen in a movie. Yeah, that... Yeah, you can't... That's unrivaled. See, I, I was stuck between Heat and Casino because some of the movies were so ballsy. I, I like Dead Presidents because I want to put Dead Presidents in there, too. But it, it just... It was iconic movie, but it wasn't iconic like those other movies. And I, I watched Dead Presidents, but I think I was like in the loop of Friday and, and Casino gave me the baseball bat scene. I, I had to turn my head when I seen that scene. I was like, man, they beat the shit. It felt like it was real when they beat Joe Pesci and his brother with that baseball bat and threw them both in that hole. That scene haunts me. I've seen people get beat with bats in real life, too. And then it's just like, what the fuck, you know? So I'm, I'm going to put Casino in there. Fuck it. Just off of that scene, man. Like I that shit was brutal, Rodney. That was really yeah, brutal. So this um I felt like I had to pick between Casino and Heat. Um Robert De Niro movies, for those that don't know, Robert De Niro is my all time favorite actor. Um absolutely love him, love his range. But yeah, he was number two on my list. It did not make number one though. Man, I got an I got another movie for you too, Rodney. I got another movie for you too. That's my number two. That I watched a shitload of time. I feel like we should have did ten movies, Rodney. Damn, maybe we can do another five of. Cause yeah, it's just, we, we can do another five. There's, there's so many to pick from from 1995. Yeah, cause cause my next movie is gonna be Desperado, Antonio Banderas. Selma Hayek. That fucking movie with the guitar man. Like he just he fucking pops up with these fucking guitars and then you had Danny Trejo as knife man and it just was so much shit going on. It just I love that movie. I just I, I love Desperado. Yeah. So. Yeah, that, that movie's amazing to me. I still watch that movie. I, yeah, I love so. it. My number one is um, the the movie that made me fall in love with, with Gary Sinise as an actor, um, even though he is second billing to Tom Hanks in this movie. I love Tom Hanks, um, but I really started matching with Gary Sinise and um, Ron Howard as a director. I watch Apollo 13 at least five or six times a year, if not more. So I drive my wife crazy because I know every single line in the movie. <laughs> no, that was a that was a, a damn good movie. Man, there's so many good movies, man. That's why I said we gotta keep going. Um Yeah, I love Apollo 13. That's a damn good pick, Rodney. Apollo 13 was really epic and up there. Um, and I remember when that dropped too, man, like Tom Hanks, like you said, he was coming off of Forrest Gump and all, he just was on fire, man. 
What was the other movie he did after that too? When they um, is it Savior uh, Private Ryan? Um, Private Ryan was a few years later. That was what ninety eight. What was the What was the other movie that he had too? When he had a couple of army movies too. Um, I forgot the other one. Shit. But yeah, Saber Private Ryan. He was just hot in all those movies, man. Like he was tearing it up, man. It was just it between him and Denzel and Samuel, man, at that time. It was like and, every damn movie you, you could think of. Yeah, and Denzel had two two movies that year, which is unusual for Denzel because he's like a one movie man per year. But um I wanna say Devil in the Blue Dress is ninety-five, man. I know Crimson Tide is ninety-five. Um, him and Gene Hackman, so which was two great movies. Yeah, they they cleaned up on that one. Um, dang. so you know I got Friday as my movie, man. But I really like that movie Seven, man, with Brad Pitt and Mark Freeman. What's in the box? What's in the box? Yeah, like I, that <laughs> that movie was so good to me, man. I thought it was just it was eerie, it was creepy, it was a nice psychological thriller. Man, it just, and, a, and to this day. Had a good like, ending. Yeah, that was a hell of an ending, too, wasn't it? That was pretty dope. That was a pretty dope ending. Man, yeah. That, yeah, uh, man, that was a damn good year for movies, Rodney. I can't think of another year that has iconic movies like that oh, back yeah. to back. And we still didn't scratch the surface. So Tom Hanks also, also had Toy Story in 95. Yeah, Toy Story came out in 95 also. And we didn't talk about shows. Did you know that Friends debuted in 1995, too? Oh, wow. <laughs> I know that's one of your favorite shows, Rodney. So, hey, you know, I got to <laughs> Okay, I watch Friends, okay? If we got trivia, I watch Friends. I, I, I had to see what all of the stuff was about. I had, I had to keep going. It got weird after a while. I didn't like uh, them just dating each other. It just... It felt like it just, yeah, I don't know. But other than that, Friends was pretty cool, man. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, take this, edit this part out. Of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm trying. If I watched Friends, it was just because it was on background on TV. But they had some, they had some pretty decent episodes, man. I, I don't know. I wanted, I always wanted Rachel and and, uh, and Ross to win, man. And you know, I, I don't know. I just felt like David Schwimmer. He, he played the ultimate uh, dweeb. I hated Matt LeBlanc, especially when he started dating Rachel. And I just thought that that was fucking like ridiculous. Like that's not what are you doing? You know, I, I thought that was stupid. And they were sneaking around, and uh, I don't know. I, no, we're not gonna talk about Friends. This episode isn't about Friends. Let's just, just forget it. Not talking about. <laughs> yeah, but we'll have to do another um, five movie from nineteen ninety five. Yeah, we but, definitely yeah, do. You got me wanting to watch Apollo thirteen now. In all due respect, I think this will be our finest hour. Right, and you know what, bro? We have we didn't even talk about Tales from the Hood. Like, Tales from the Hood came out in 1995, too. You like to draw fucked up pictures of people? <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> man, like, that's definitely, like, 
Man, I love that goddamn. I love that movie, man. That this, ain't no, this ain't no funeral Favorite <laughs> movie lines of all time. Oh, that and the little the little nigglets. That's what I was gonna. <laughs> oh man, that that shit right there, man. That that's one of my favorite movies, man. But like no, Dave Allen Greer. Thank you, sir. Thank you. You played like the the horrible monster father. And that I thought I love that role for you, brother. I thought that was that was dope. Yeah, so, um, on that note, yeah, we'll have to do five more songs, five more movies, uh, shoot, and then we can talk about some of the iconic TV shows other than that's not named Friends of 1995. So. <laughs> and also, we can give you music reviews, too. I, I know we up against it, like, major up against it, but... Yeah, we still got to get into Wayne dropped an album. Um, who else dropped? Um, uh, Little Wayne dropped the album. Uh, YG and Tiger dropped the album, a joint album. Yeah. Uh, B.I. gave you a deluxe album. And Drake, we're still waiting. I think he had to wait, man, because as soon as Little Wayne dropped his album, I knew Little Wayne was going to drop something because he just kept performing everywhere, and you've seen him every, everything that you can think of. He was even at the damn Green Bay Packers game. I'm like, yo, you at the VMAs, you at the CMAs, you you everywhere, man. I just I knew he was dropping something. Yeah. So on that note, we'll get out of here. Um, and she will have to find about Tommy's going to the Lions game again. So that's right. <laughs> so we'll catch y'all on the B side. Peace.